Gandhi is often called the philosopher of the Arabs. He was from a notable Arab family and he initiated philosophical studies in the Arabic language. Al-Kindi tried to formulate a system combining the views of Plato and Aristotle and he wrote over 270 treaties on scientific subjects. The flood of new translations was making Greek philosophy readily available and Al-Kindi himself probably translated some of these Greek works into Arabic. Yet Al-Kindi argued that it was the religious prophets who had brought the complete truth to humans. The knowledge of the true nature of things includes knowledge of divinity, unity and virtue and a complete knowledge of everything useful and of the way to it. It is the acquisition of all this which the true messengers, the prophets, brought from God, great be his praise. For the true messengers, may God's blessings be upon them, brought but an affirmation of the divinity of God alone and an adherence to virtues which are pleasing to God, and the relinquishment of vices. But Al-Kindi also said that divine revelation is not intended to deny or discourage truths from other sources. These truths also are useful to the human pursuit of knowledge and of virtue. He said religious and philosophical truths do not contradict each other. Truth is truth, and religion requires us to pursue knowledge of all kinds. Al-Kindi therefore advised people to study the works of philosophers. Indeed, the human art which is highest in degree and most noble in rank is the art of philosophy, the definition of which is the true knowledge of things, insofar as is possible for man. Of course, Al-Kindi believed that philosophy does not provide all of the truth. He said human reason by itself cannot understand all that is. Therefore, we ought to learn whatever we can from the works of our philosophical predecessors and then add to this the complementary truths of religious revelation. Al-Kindi also argued that Aristotle should take precedence over the other Greek philosophers. Aristotle the most distinguished of the Greeks in philosophy, said, We ought to be grateful to the fathers of those who have contributed any truth, since they were the cause of their existence, let alone being grateful to the sons. How beautiful is that which he has said in this matter. We ought not to be ashamed of appreciating the truth and of acquiring it wherever it comes from, even if it comes from races distant and nations different from us. For the seeker of truth, nothing takes precedence over the truth. The status of no one is diminished by the truth. Rather does the truth ennoble all. Al-Kindi's works set the tone for the next hundred years of efforts in Islamic philosophy. Various philosophical movements flourished, but as they became more advanced, they divided from one another. Some of them even divided from Islam. Many of these philosophical systems were clearly incompatible, not only with each other, but with revealed religion as well. Al-Farabi is the commonly used name for the Arab philosopher whose actual name was Abu Nasr Muhammad ibn Muhammad ibn Tahan ibn Azhalur al-Farabi. 
He was born in approximately 870 in the district of Farab, which is now northeastern Kazakhstan. Al-Farabi's family was of relatively low status, and we know little about his early education, but in adulthood, Al-Farabi was to make one of the last and most important of the traditional attempts to reconcile Islam with classical Greek philosophy. Throughout his life, Al-Farabi shunned the life of the renowned intellectual. Many philosophers enjoyed court patronage and all its trappings, but Al-Farabi refused patronage. He lived a very quiet life, preferring to earn his own living and avoid the spotlight. For example, he worked for many years as a guard at an orchard, using his free time to study and write in solitude. Because of Al-Farabi's unobtrusive life, his works were unknown during his lifetime, but he was able to write freely without fear of offending political authorities. He followed Al-Kindi's example in attempting to reconcile Aristotle and Plato with each other, and both of them with the Islamic faith. But Al-Farabi wrote extensively, more so than nearly any other philosopher of his time, on political philosophy. He explicitly criticized the corrupt caliphate of Baghdad. His most famous work, The Opinions of the Inhabitants of the Virtuous City, joined practical political advice with metaphysical examinations of the soul. All of Al-Farabi's arguments were grounded in Aristotle's logic, on which he often wrote subtle commentaries. Al-Farabi became well known after his death, and he was known as either Avanasa or Al-Faraius in Latin, the scholarly language of medieval Europe. Al-Farabi clearly saw logic as the science of the universal laws of regulated thought. To him, logic was much more than the rules of abstract Greek grammar. In a short commentary on Aristotle's prior analytics, Al-Farabi wrote that he sought to apply Aristotle's logic in the context of the Arabic language. We shall see to it that the canons which we shall lay down here are exactly those which Aristotle contributed to the art of logic. However, we shall strive to express these matters as much as possible by means of words familiar to people who use the Arabic language. Aristotle's logic was often misunderstood by Arabs because of the differences between Greek and Arabic languages, but some of Aristotle's examples also were unfamiliar to Islamic culture, and Al-Farabi set out to remedy this problem. Aristotle expressed the canons of logic by means of words customary among the people of his language, and used examples that were familiar to and current among the people of his day. But since the explanations of the people of the Arabic language are not customary to the people of Greece, and the examples of the people of this time are different from the examples familiar to the Greeks, the points which Aristotle intended to clarify by means of these examples have become unclear to and not understood by the people of our time. In consequence, many of the people of these times think that his books on logic are useless, and they have been laid aside. Al-Farabi insisted that when Aristotle's logic is properly explained with contemporary examples, it can be made clear to any people in any language. 
to follow Aristotle is to explain what is in his book on logic to the people of any language by means of their accustomed words. By choosing true premises and carefully following demonstrative logic, Al-Farabi said we can show the proper way to organize a political community. But not all people are capable of such difficult and complicated reasoning, so providence had provided revealed religion for those who cannot reach the same result with reason. According to Al-Farabi, revealed religion uses familiar symbols and ordinary language to guide its followers to the truth, or at least to a reasonable facsimile of the truth. Now these things can be known in two ways, either by being impressed on their souls as they really are, or by being impressed on them through affinity and symbolic representations. The philosophers in the city are those who know these things through strict demonstrations and their own insight. Those who are close to the philosophers know them as they really are through the insight of the philosophers. But others know them through symbols which reproduce them by imitation because neither nature nor habit has provided their minds with the gift to understand them as they are. Both are kinds of knowledge, but the knowledge of the philosophers is undoubtedly more excellent. A particular set of symbolic representations may be easily understood by the people of a specific culture at a specific time, but symbols from a distant time...